Hello again, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Finally going to be talking about Denis Villeneuve's Dune. The short version is something you've heard from other reviewers. Go see this on the biggest screen possible right now. That's the short review. If you have any interest in Dune, the books, the original movie, the miniseries, or all these actors and what everybody's talking about, go see it in the theater. Pay the money. Uh, Matinees here, $8. It was $10 for a regular ticket. Uh, See it on the biggest screen possible. It is a work of art. As one of my friends posted, there's a great article out there, Dune versus Dune, which talks about the comparison between the David Lynch version and the Denis Villeneuve version. And for me, that's like comparing Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings with Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Uh, What the 1984 movie is... Cliff Notes' version of the story with changes and a lot of David Lynch weirdness in, injected into it. It doesn't get the, really the full gist of the story across. Um, but I've always enjoyed it because that's all we had. Then we got the TV series, which story was closer to the books, but it just kind of, I just, I don't know. They had a few good actors and a lot of TV actors, and it just, they didn't have the budget to pull off the special effects. So now we come to Denis Villeneuve's version, and as a fan of the book, like the fan of I am of Lord of the Rings, there's obviously going to be changes to make this cinematic. It was always considered to be an unfilmable book, and obviously with uh, Jodorowsky's version never getting made and the David Lynch version not being well-received. But anyway, I was talking about the fact that somebody compared the two, and again, you're getting a much more literary, artistic, accurate version of the story this way with the big budget and everything behind it that you didn't get with Lynch. I mean, the budget on this movie was like $180 million. I think the budget on the original was like $30 million in 1984. So this is an incredibly extravagant film, but it's also Villeneuve, one of his, I don't know, easiest digestible I mean, you're dealing with a lot of world building. You're dealing with a lot of story and characters and things that come and go and I think he juggles it very, very well. I I stopped watching trailers and and all the hype a couple of weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago. Um, I knew I wanted to see it from the first trailer. I knew I wanted to see it from the moment they said he was going to direct it. He's my favorite director alive today. Every single one of his movies hits me in the gut one way or the other, and it's just hard to do that with movies. I own thousands of them. I I love movies. And, And... you know, I just watched Snake Eyes, and it's one I sat there for two hours, and I enjoyed the film. I, I sat enthralled for two and a half hours with Dune and soaked up every bit of it and want to go back to the theater and watch it again. It's that good. Um, and I think for people who, you know, have maybe seen the David Lynch version or, or, or just not into sci-fi, yes, it may be a bit much, and it still is a weird story, and it is, you know— through the lens of Denis Villeneuve. It's weird, but it's absolutely beautiful. But it's not weird for the sake of weird. It, it This is a, a piece of art that wants to take you to another world, to transport you and show you something you've never seen before, things you've never seen before, make you think um, and still be entertained. I think that's one of the things that Denis Villeneuve does so well. His movies tend to be very entertaining with emotional cores. He focuses in on the characters, all this grandeur, splendor, and 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 
bombastic action is going on behind them, but he's still focused on the main characters and what they're doing at the time that all this other stuff is going on. Uh, it, it, it gives you that kind of a war correspondent on the field kind of feel with a lot of the action scenes in the movie. There's a lot of talking scenes, I'm not going to lie, um, but I like a good story, and they're laying the groundwork for what's going to be epic. Um, towards the end of the podcast, I'm going to get in some things that I think would happen in the sequel, and Warner Brothers has almost confirmed this week that we will be getting it. I'm pretty sure we will. The movie's already made almost $150 million, and it just opened in the United States on Friday. Um, they're very happy with what it did Thursday and Friday at the box office. I'm recording it over the weekend. Um, like I said, it's already up to $150 million and and it hasn't even... You know, we don't have the weekend box office in the United States yet. So at $188 million, it's probably going to make 250 to $300 million to break even. But, you know, anyway, towards the end of I will get why they will do that because the second movie will be much bigger and better. Um, not taking anything away from this, but you are getting half a movie. They have said that from the get-go, that he was not going to make this unless Warner Brothers allowed him to split it into two. And he really wanted to film it at the same time, and I, I wish he kind of had. But the way it's structured and the way he did move some things around, there's some cast members who won't be coming back for one reason or another, and there's some cast members that we didn't see that were talked about that we didn't see. There's a few that weren't talked about that we didn't see that we'll have to see. But there, were, there was one huge character that wasn't talked about that we'll have to see in the second movie because in the story they play a much bigger role towards the end. Um, and so I think he focuses on the characters while they're active in the story as much as they can and save some of those other characters for what's going to be the second half. Um, which makes sense to me taking a step back from it. But going back to just the experience, I went on Thursday night because obviously being a fan of the book, the previous movies and the, and, and the miniseries, I'm not really worried about spoilers, but I wanted to see it before everybody else kind of uh, breaks it down. And I wanted to watch some of those breakdowns, and, but I needed to see the movie with my own eyes and experience it for myself. One of the things that, that, makes me very hopeful that this movie is going to do very well is that the movie was pretty full. Um, I'm in not the most populated part of, of Alaska. It is one of the prettiest parts, but you know, um, the movie theaters are fairly small, but our theater was pretty full and it was a younger crowd. I was one of the older people in the audience, which I think is amazing. I figured it'd be a lot of, you know, old sci-fi dudes like me. Um, and so that impressed me. And when it was over, I heard a lot of talk in the lobby and stuff, and a lot of people really liked it. A lot of, oh, wows, and man, that was amazing, and I can't wait for the sequel kind of stuff. Um, and I love that. And so that, you know, if that's what it was like here, I can only imagine what it's like in the lower 48, as we say up here. Um, I thought the movie was fantastic. Um, much like Blade Runner, it's just something that you have to watch, experience. But this is easier to digest and more, shall I say, wonderful. Uh, you really are taken to an alien place with alien cultures and alien things. And there's a couple little scenes that are subtitled, which I thought was cool. There's a couple little things that aren't really explained. They go into some detail on some things. I'm glad they did. Um, but going back to that, there's an article out there comparing. Um, if you've watched the David Lynch movie and you watch this, you go, wow, a lot of the story is the same. Yes, in Ralph Bakshi's animated Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of things that are the same in, in Peter Jackson's. But Peter Jackson took three movies to flesh that out. Ralph Bakshi's is a two-hour animated film. Um, 
the original miniseries tried to flesh out the story more, but the, the David Lynch movie is two hours and 17 minutes. This movie is only telling half the story, and it's two and a half hours. So you're going much deeper into these characters. One of the comments coming out was that, wow, I can't believe that many people died, and not giving anything away, but... Um, if these movies play out and it becomes a, a, a series, which I hope it does, um, we will see some of them again, if you know anything about the Dune story. Um, Timothy Chalamet is amazing. Um, I didn't know how well he would do. I mean, I know he's a good actor. I've seen him in some other things, but he really does a great job. Rebecca Ferguson also stands out. She's amazing. She's amazing in everything she's in. I think she's perfect. Um, but she just... She became Lady Jessica for me. It was great. Um, Oscar Isaac, seriously cool beard. Um, and he, Jurgen Prochnov, or however you say uh, his name, one of my favorite actors from the 80s and such, he played Duke Leto so well. And I think Oscar Isaac makes it his own. I really like what he did. Um, Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Harkonnen does great. They don't give Dave Bautista as Raban as much to do as I thought they would. He's got some great scenes. He's got one really emotional scene that I was pretty impressed with. Um, all in all, you've heard Zendaya's not in the movie much, and she's not, but when she is, she's good. Um, Jason Momoa is, is a great Duncan uh, if you know anything about the character, he does play it pretty well. Uh, Josh Brolin is Gurney Halleck. I thought he was great. Um, some of the best special effects I've ever seen on film. Some of the best cinematography. And it, this raises the bar for science fiction movies going forward, like 2001 did, like Star Wars did, like The Matrix did. This does. It, it raises the level of what you're going to come to expect, the level of realism, the level of world building, the sets, the... The, it, it's just the, the crafts are alien, but it's all integrated so well with the story and the characters and everything. This is filmed like an epic classic film, but you've got all these fantastical elements and it just all comes together. Really great special effects. I don't know if because it was delayed a year, they had more time to work on the special effects. But all in all, this Dune fan is pretty happy. Um, I didn't expect a word-for-word -word translation of the book. I never do. Um this is one. This is one time that I go see a movie that I'm very familiar with. The book, um, read it multiple times, and I think they caught the essence. They caught the flavor, and that's what I expect from a movie adaptation of a book. Not a perfect adaptation. I didn't get everything I wanted, but uh, I also got half the movie. And I'm gonna hold my overall judgment till we get the second half of the story. Uh, like I said, I think he saved some things, and that's what we'll get into now that we're over ten minutes into this review. Um, I really liked it. I don't have enough negative. There's just, I really don't have too many negative things. It's half a movie is the only negative thing I can say, but it ends where it should, where you want more. You, when, when it's over, you, it, this is only the beginning. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We're going to get another two and a half hours of this at least maybe, maybe even longer. I don't know. So going into, I have no inside information or whatever, but I know the book and, and I know what's come before. And so, He's saving some characters. There is no mention of Fade Rautha. In the book, Fade is the other nephew of Baron Harkonnen. He was played by Sting in the movie, and he got shortchanged in that one as well. In the book, Fade has this long comp competition with 
Paul, because Fade was the one who was supposed to be wedded to Paulina, you know, whatever the woman, uh, whatever the female, the the Trades were supposed to bear. And they didn't because Jessica wanted to give Duke a a son. And so that kind of messed up his plan. So he's mad through the whole book at at Paul. He wants to kill Paul. I mean, that's just he trains to kill Paul. and, And that is a huge point it's the end of the the old david lynch movie so you know it's going to play out big at the, we haven't even met the character yet there's no mention of him in this movie i i didn't catch any i'm going to watch it again but when he and raban are talking i'm thinking just from somebody who knows the book that they will bring him in because raban still can't find paul and and what's happening with the fremen and all that also we don't get to see the emperor uh, they talk about the emperor. The herald comes and gives the Atreides the planet. Um, but in the original David Lynch movie, um, Jose Ferrer plays uh, the emperor, and we see him from the first opening scenes. And this, not at all. And he's on hand on Arrakis when the end happens. So there's another character that we know we're going to see in the second half. So both Fade Rautha and the Emperor will be played by big actors who haven't been in the movie yet. And those are storylines that they can flesh out in the second half of the movie because what's going to happen in the second half is tracking Paul's rise as he becomes the leader of the Fremen and, and possibly becomes the, you know, the Muad'Dib and the Kwisatz Haderach and all that. But anyway, um, they will make a sequel. I have no doubt. Um, the buzz out there on the internet is good. Uh, it, Rotten Tomatoes are good. Um, I've got friends who've seen it that loved it. There's a few people who are disappointed, and I get that. Um, this isn't going to please everyone, but man, this is art. This is what big budget cinema should be like. It takes chances. It's it's a creative vision of something. Um, it's an original idea. It's, you know, it's based on a book that's original that Star Wars and other movies have pulled from this. I just think it's fantastic. I expected it to be. Um, then after hearing a few things, I kind of expected to be disappointed. I didn't finish my popcorn. I sat there enthralled with this movie. I want to go see it again. And to spend two hours in a movie theater, two and a half hours in a movie theater these days, when we have 65-inch 4K TVs and surround sound at home, you know, it's 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 harder and harder to go out to a theater. But this was one I definitely wanted to see on the big canvas of a large screen. And man, <laughs> I'll still stream it on HBO Max when I get internet next month. But um yeah, this is one I'll own on 4K, but go see it in the theater. I'm going to go see it at least one more time before it leaves the theater. It It is just a work of art on that screen. Every scene impresses. He has obviously thought about this movie his entire life and composed these shots in his head. It's just jaw-droppingly perfect. It's things about... It's been less than a year. I listened to the most recent audio book that's a full audio production with multiple voices and sound effects and music and things. And this movie evoked more of the real Dune in my soul than that did. And it's really well done. Um, I think this is a high watermark for Denis Villeneuve. I think this is a high watermark for science fiction cinema. And I hope the general population digs it because there's some good things going on. And the sequel's going to be amazing what happens. He's going to keep it close to the book. And it's going to, I mean, there is so much war coming. We get a little bit of vision of Paul fighting in the desert as a Fremen with the blue eyes. He gets that vision. That was one thing, let me point out. I, I like the fact that they play up that not everything he sees is what happens. He saw some things, and then things played out a little differently. He sees what could be, and this 
this is a big part of Paul going through the books, that he can't always know what he sees is exactly what's going to happen. There's a lot of depth. I'm going to have to do more podcasts when I see it again. There's a lot of depth here, uh, a lot of depth in the story. Mm. Highest recommendation, my favorite movie of the year so far. Go see Dune in the theater and then watch it again on HBO Max while we get all get it for free. Dune. Really loved it. There you go. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My links are below. Thank you for listening, sharing, subscribing, liking, all that good stuff. Go see Dune on a big screen. IMAX if you can. Do it. Mm-hmm.